the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you doing? Not anything. What's that sound? It's nothing. Are you playing Switch? No. Stop it. <laughs> hey, sorry, please continue your anecdote. Welcome to Project A Plus. Coronavirus edition. Yeah. <laughs> that was the last time too, but now it seems so much more uh, severe to, than it was two weeks ago. Mm. Um, how many cases have there been in uh, Australia? Oh, my name is Hunter, by the way, and your name is Hugh. Yes. Uh, I mean, again, this information is going to be rapidly out of date by the time this is released, which yeah, will be at least a couple of weeks away. The last numbers I saw, so this might be a day old, mm. were total cases uh, nearing 2,000. That's not so bad. And the total deaths were eight. Do you want to take a guess how many uh, cases are in the United States of America? I think it was like 50,000, wasn't it? Um, so far, it is 53,659. Hmm. In my former state alone of New York, which I just escaped from, mm. there are 25,000 cases, 210 deaths. We should have done an Escape from New York special. Um, we should have done an Escape from L.A. special. But yes, now I, now I am living in Minnesota, and I will be for the foreseeable future. Oh, you're living in Minnesota, eh? Oh. So, uh, I have to say, I did feel a little better about how stupid my country is when I heard that uh, in Australia people were go still going to the beach. I thought that was pretty funny. Hmm. <laughs> Despite, uh, you know, I don't remember which governor government functionary it was warning them not to. The entire government? Yeah, it was, maybe, maybe it was your PM. Well, he did. he did announce that, yes. If you go to that beach, don't go to it, and then people went to it, and then they closed it. Which I think is pretty funny. Mm. In our in our country, uh, instead of having that, we just have our entire edifice of government being like, oh, people should sacrifice their lives so the economy doesn't get destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> so, much more humane here. They're like, Grandma, Grandma wants to die <laughs> for the economy. Well, there, there. Uh, you, you joke, but there was a uh, lieutenant I've seen, governor. Yeah, I've seen multiple yeah, people okay. actually make that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is uh, pretty crazy. Um, and uh, I, I, <laughs> it's it's so insane to me that there are people who, in this world who would believe such a ridiculous thing who have mm. been so brainwashed by capitalism that they would think that. So, what's it like in uh, Minnesota in comparison to New York? state well i mean uh you know i wasn't in new york for that long um and honestly i can't really get a good bearing on it because at the moment we're sort of self-isolating or sort of like quasi-quarantining ourselves here just so that in case because obviously new york has become the hot spot in uh america mm -hmm. <laughs> with like 
50% of all the cases in all of the states being there. So there's a pretty, you know, decent likelihood that we caught the disease. So we're trying to limit our contact with the outside world. So we really haven't left Alicia's mom's house uh, that much. So I can't really get a good bearing on the, the state as a whole. But restaurants and stuff have been closed down, so. What, what are we going to talk about on this podcast besides uh, the world being destroyed? Uh, we're going to talk about one thing and one thing only. Horse Girl. Mm, you're probably going to talk about some other movies. I know I've watched some. I'm definitely not. I'm going to talk about Horse Girl and nothing else. <laughs> did, you, did you not watch anything else? I did not watch anything else. So this is Horse Girl, Coronavirus, and whatever you watched. Did you give it to your impulse to uh, draw comics and... Uh, Listen to sci-fi dramas, like you said you were. Not just any sci-fi dramas. <laughs> uh, narrated by Leonard Nimoy and... Uh, I don't Dramatized by Leonard yeah, Nimoy Jesus and Christ. John Delancey. Mm. Under the Alien Voices banner. Two generation of Star Treks. That's right. What, and did, you, did you do that? No. <laughs> so what have you been... How have you been spending your time? I mean, I said I had the desire to do it. And this was during the week. So I would have to wait to the weekend before I, I felt comfortable to do this. I mean, that's not true. That is true. Uh, that's not true. You can not do it. Not before I was able to do it, but before I felt, you know, in the right oh, space God. to do it. You know, when, when I don't have to worry about going to work the next day. And when did you stuff. message me this? Uh, like Monday or Tuesday. So during the week. Okay. And... Uh, and, you know, I said I had the desire, but it ranks well below working my way through the, uh, you know, five or six litres of wine I have accumulated for this uh, <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> That's the only thing you bought, I imagine. Yeah. You've been wiping your ass with the, uh, <laughs> the um, cardboard boxes. Yeah. Nice. Now, anyway, nice. to return to the point you made earlier that may or may not be extant in the final edit... I have ventured out to the supermarkets a number of times in the past couple of weeks um, to try and get any supplies I can mm. in this uh, panic buying era. Mm. I'm not I'm not stocking up in excess, mm. such as the uh, early people did, which caused mm. this shortage. Mm. Um, but I am here to report that only one time out of uh, a handful of visits have I ever seen a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> Did you did you purchase it? Yes, I did. So I went to one of the I went to Aldi. Mm, right. I know Aldi. It's a German grocery Indeed. store. Indeed. They're all over the world. Yeah. They're Aldi over the world. And uh, there was a huge mob of people like tightly packed together at the entrance at opening. Mm. I waited for them to rush in and do their thing. Then I wandered in after them and I was uh, pleased to discover that there were some rolls of toilet paper left how many what, what was the size of pack so all the big 24 pack uh packs mm. had vanished but there was a uh, four pack of reasonably sized rolls available well, there you go and i've been wiping my ass with that actually i'm not up to it yet but i will be <laughs> no i'm dead <laughs> no you're not don't be, don't be daft. Did you ever listen to the old Alien Voices audio dramas? <laughs> uh, nope. They're pretty good, actually. Oh yeah. They kind of, like, they've got like a cheesy charm that is befitting of uh, Star Trek. Like what, um, what, uh, you know, classic sci-fi. Uh, the ones I used to listen to were the Time Machine and Journey to the Center of the Earth. 
but they've also done Voyage to the Moon, The Invisible Man, a couple of other ones. It does sound enjoyable. And I was looking, I was like, maybe, because I don't know if I'll be able to find the audio tapes that readily in my boxes of crap, Mm. which I haven't fully unpacked. So I checked the iTunes store to see what it was like to buy it digitally. They're like, Mm -hmm. you know, 36 bucks? Like, come on. Just torrent it. No. Why do you have this thing about, you're, you're too cheap to buy a Switch, but... Wait, these things are not incompatible. Being unable to afford something and not willing to pirate it is a perfectly compatible no, no, pi- pirating worldview. When you don't have that much money, Hugh, is a moral obligation. It is not. It is. How else much does he get a Blu-ray quality copy of the, the Twin Dragons, for instance? Except for by torrenting it. Buy? No. Buy it? No. You could buy it. No. Buy it? Alright, so what what have you been watching while you drink your wine then? Or you just been watching nothing? Television. Like what? I haven't really been in the mood to watch much films. Yeah, neither have I actually. But I still watch a couple. The main the main thing I've been watching actually is Picard. Oh, yeah, it's just winding up now. Was that as bad as it looked? No, it's fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's bad. It's kind of bad, <laughs> as you'd expect, but in a in an enjoyable way. How so? It's got Jean-Luc Picard in it, and he just goes about doing his thing. Who who of the old crew has been on so far? Worf? Nope. Um, Wesley Crusher? Nope. But he does host, like, a post- episode podcast about it i think that's funny the character wesley crusher not will wheaton that's pretty pathetic i know (laughs) if he doesn't end up being in it it's pathetic (laughs) i just like they're like oh we'll give you the you know the shitty uh, chris hardwick role because (laughs) i mean the last next generation thing you got cut out of so nemesis you mean yeah, I think that either he appears in it very briefly, or he was supposed to, and they filmed scenes of him in it, and they cut it out. I can't remember. I, I don't think I've seen Nemesis. I'm just basing this off by, you know, stupid parts of my brain that remember this sort of thing. Anyway, let's keep listing off cast members, and I'll report if they've appeared. <laughs> uh, Beverly Crusher. You mean not cast members, crew members of this show. I'd not say the actors. Well, if the actors appear, then the crew member appears. That's not true. They could have recast someone. Why would they recast them and then the actor appears who originally played them? That doesn't make any sense. No, I'm not saying saying the actors. I'm saying the characters. No, but I said if the cast member appears in Picard, then you can surmise that the crew member appears in Picard. (laughs) Fine, fine, fine. But I'm not saying the cast members. It doesn't matter. I know. You're listing the crew members. Fine. Continue to list the crew members. Um, Beverly Crusher. No. Um. <laughs> what are they Q. Regrettably, no. Well, there, there's one more episode for it, right? That's right. And another series. Season. Yeah. Um. Uh, Riker. Yes. Uh, Deanna Troy. Yes. 
with Riker. Are they married? They are. And they have a little wild child. <laughs> wow, did they have a child? Are they both, like, old? Yeah, they're pretty old. And they have a young girl. That's a little weird. Hmm. Maybe, um... Maybe, like, uh, you know, what, what's it called? Um, Empaths don't have a ticking clock. No, 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 the... What do you, what do you call it? Uh, the future? Yeah, the future. Maybe they've got better, um, you know, like fertility doctors in the future. Mm. Um, okay, I'm, I'm out of cast members. Data. You're out of crew members, you mean? No, I'm out of cast members. Data, uh, data. does indeed appear. Um, what about um, the, the blind guy? Geordie LaForge. Yeah. Uh, absent. What about um, the one who died? Tasha Yar. Yeah. Absent. Um, are there any other crew members? Because she could come back as her Romulan. Yeah. Sister. Sister or whatever thing or whatever it was. Didn't Didn't she come back as like a alt future version too? Yeah. Are there any other main cast members in Star Trek The Next Generation? I don't think so. I think I named them all. There's another ancillary cast member. Who you're missing. High profile. High profile. View co-hosting. Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. What's what's the character's name? Uh, Willow. The space... No, the space... Um, Something like that. Bartender. It's not Willow. It's similar to Willow. No, it's not. I'm going to look it up right now. I can only only think of Willow. <laughs> it's not fucking Willow. That's stupid. What about um, what about uh, the teleporter chief who was on Deep Space Nine too? No, find the name first. Guinan. Guinan. Not time. Willow. That was that close <laughs> Isn't Guinan the bad guy in Willow? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I've never seen Willow. No, is it is the bad guy in Willow like General Kale or something like that? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, I've never watched uh, Willow because you won't do it on the show, so because you're afraid to watch it like a coward. Guinan Willow. I'm just gonna type those words and see what happens. <laughs> I really guess nothing comes on. Not much. Yeah, what about the uh, te- what about the teleporter chief? Cole Meany. Miles O'Brien. Played by Cole Meany. Hmm. Uh, no, I don't think he was in it. Yeah, that's all but I got. But Guinan will be in it next series, mm. next season. Oh, great. Because Patrick Stewart appeared on the, the View and said, we would love for you to be in the next season. Was he drunk when he said that? Probably. Whoopi, <laughs> please. Uh, oh, what is Patrick Stewart? Oh, he's, he's prime, uh... Death age for uh, Corona. How old is he? Seventy nine. Mm. Prime death age. Hopefully they film that uh, next series before uh, he gets killed by coronavirus. Hmm. The he was in New York City too. That's like the prime infection zone. Prime infection shown. Well, uh, anyway, <laughs> now that we've. Uh, now that we've done about 50 minutes of uh, absolutely nothing, should we talk about the movie we're going to talk about today? Did you hear about that time uh, 
he made a robot seamstress that was nope. voice activated. Nope. Let me say that again. Did you hear at the time Patrick Stewart made a voice activated robot seamstress? Nope. Which he operated with the command make it so. <laughs> Which doesn't make sense <laughs> because that's not referring, that's not talking directly to the robot. So there needs to be some sort of intermediary device that instructs the robot. <laughs> Let me tell that again. So did you hear about the time Patrick Stewart made two robots? Made two robots. <laughs> One of them was a oh, not necessarily voice activated. <laughs> Uh, robot seamstress. The other one was a voice-activated uh, intermediary device that controls the robot seamstress. Well, specifically controls he, whether it sews uh, or not. Which he instructed with the following command: "Make it so." Wouldn't it be better if you did make it? No, it wouldn't be better. So as it as it as an SOW, if it was a robotic like Reaper. No. Okay. Robotic no. Reaper. That's lame. Robotic, you know, plant thing, planner, the planter. Plant thing. Yeah, because it's planting. It's oh, sowing. like agricultural. Yeah. <laughs> what do you machinery. Think yeah. Yeah, but uh, you don't really say so in isolation, and in the agricultural sense, you say sow seeds, sow the heart, you know, whatever. You need an object. So what? But you didn't sowing you say, as an activity so on its sow, own, if you just say oh, make whatever. it so, whatever. That only refers to <sighs> seamstress stuff. Good joke. No, bad. Zero stars. What movie are you going to talk about today? Horse Girl. Hey, my name is Sarah, but to you I'll be Horse Girl. Hey, I'm not realizing no, I ain't no Horse Girl. I'm the other one. Tell me about Horse Girl. It's a film directed by Jeff Boehner, who is the American cousin of Eric. Is that true? No. The names are spelled differently. And pronounced differently, too. And who, who co-wrote and started this movie? Alison Brie. Mm, whose name is like a cheese. Correct. Um, what did you, What's the movie about? It is about a young woman named Sarah. Hmm. Oh, that's a little strange. I mean, not that not that uh, Alison Brie isn't young, but she's like in her she's like in her late thirties, I think. Yeah, it's a little right. strange that. I'm just going by Wikipedia. Hmm. Okay, please go ahead. Don't use Wikipedia though. That's, that's right. the coward's way out. Fine, fine. I'll close the tab. I'll start again. Oh, look, we, I had to hear it. I had to hear the click. I I clicked. <laughs> I had to hear the click. But then I have to go back and make a false click just to satiate. <laughs> yeah. Fine. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. right. You ready? Yep. I'm just staring at the waveforms. Nothing else. Mm, beautiful. And my surrounds. Yeah, please continue. Uh, so, Horse Girl, it's about a woman mm. played by Alison Brie named Sarah. Name Horse Girl. <laughs> Yeah, so she works in this arts and crafts store, this little arts and crafts store with Molly Shannon. Uh, she's somewhat socially isolated, I would say. A little bit awkward. Maybe yeah. a, a lot awkward, as a matter of fact. 
And, uh, and then things start to fall apart for her. Mm-hmm. How so? Well, she has this strange recurring dream in which she's lying in a white room with a couple of other strangers. She starts to see these strangers in real life. That freaks her out a bit. Um, she has strange sleepwalking episodes. So uh, she wakes up in random places. Doesn't remember why she's there. She possibly left her car in the middle of the street one time. Mm. Had to get her stepdad, played by Paul Reiser, to come and get her. Was there any sort of inciting incident that led to her, you know, sliding down the path? Was there? I mean, I don't know. What, What did you interpret as the inciting incident? Well, the movie sort of pitched just like, okay, she's doing fine, and then this, you know, these people force her to go outside of her routine. Oh, is that what the intimation was? I mean, I don't know. That's kind of what I got, but... Okay, anyway, well, I didn't didn't read it that way because of all the ancestral stuff. You are not really paying attention. No, because of all the ancestral stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's that definitely is, you know, what what is the... Uh, focus of her mental illness. Well, the implication that it's passed through the family line because Mm -hmm. her mother suffered from severe depression and her grandmother suffered from psychotic delusions, apparently. She starts to wonder if maybe it's affecting her as well. But yes, you could be right in that the thing that brings that to the fore is the fact that she's broken out of her normal routine by... Um, her roommate's suggestion that they celebrate her birthday. She brings over the dude from Search Party. Mm. I still don't really think of it as... I, I don't think of it in the way you do, in that, you know, her roommate insisting they celebrate her birthday broke her out of her routine because she didn't seem that content in her routine mm. because she was, like, talking to Molly Shannon about, you know, maybe I'll celebrate with my Zumba buddies tonight and she sort of makes an effort to try and make that happen mm. and it doesn't doesn't come through so it's not like that she wants to just be on her own and do her own thing yeah yeah but it's still there's it's like sort of a, there's a correlation between the but i don't know i don't think i don't think that's what the film is going well, for I, the, I the think fact that just, she's so locked in her routine that, that destabilizes her life i think it's just showing her at a particular point in time when these things okay start just to keep on keep on going just keep on going Anyway, it escalates from no there. To, no need to find out this. Who cares? It escalates from there. You care. You're the one who interrupted and sent us down this rabbit hole. I'm clawing my way back out, back to the plot summary. All right? Oh. And uh, what's going on? Oh, and then, yeah, these things keep happening, keeps escalating, gets weirder and weirder. And, you know, as an audience, we're like... Is she just completely crazy and this is just a depiction of mental illness? Or is there something else going on? I mean, she sounds crazy. She's talking about clones and shit like that. And she thinks she's been abducted by aliens and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, who knows? Mm. The filmmakers are keeping that possibility alive all the way, maybe, to the very end. Is that good enough? Yeah, I guess. Like Oscar, 
Uh, did I like horse girl? No, nah, me neither. Oh, brown horse. <laughs> I didn't answer. Ah, oh, sorry. I zoned out. I lost a bit of time. <laughs> you, you horse girl a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, this movie was pretty boring. <laughs> Found it very uh, hard to pay attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought uh, Alison Brie gave a like decent enough performance, but everything around her I just thought was kind of like felt sort of um, you know like a boring Netflix movie. <laughs> Uh, the you know the surrealist imagery they injected to it just didn't feel real enough for that interesting to look at. So, um, and you know what, this is gonna make me sound. I, I'm going back. But I was kind of like, I wish this was more like a uh, unicorn a, store uh, film. Unicorn store, yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> at, at least, at least, <laughs> let me finish. At least, the unicorn store made me. Uh, comp- was compulsively watchable because of the burning hatred inside of me. So, in other words, at least Unicorn Store made you feel something. <laughs> yes. I don't know, it just felt very, like, nothing. It was, like, sand going through my fingers. It just, I, just, I just found it extremely hard to concentrate when I was watching it. <laughs> Which is par- partially my own fault, but also partially the fact that I just wasn't that interested in uh, what was going on. Um, hmm. Mm, 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 and I'm trying to think of any other things to say. Mm, uh, mm, 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 it was, it was, it was, it's kind of like weird to me that I just feel like Netflix has like sucked certain people into its like ecosystem, like Alison Brie. <laughs> and the genius who made Life After Beth. I don't know what that reference is to. The director of this film, Jeff Boehner. I don't know what that, I don't know what Life After Beth is. Uh, let's see if you know his other films. Joshy. The Little Hours. Nope. Oh, I've had I've heard of that one. It's got like Aubrey Plaza in it. Well, so does Life After Beth. In fact, he is the person who dates Aubrey Plaza. Now, now that I've seen the the poster of Life After Beth, I do remember it coming out. So good for you. Um, I do not remember watching it, and I didn't watch it. Um, but I remember people liking The Little Hours, but I shan't be watching it. <laughs> After this. Neither shall I be. <laughs> uh, but I'm just trying to think of anything. It, it, this movie kind of feels like a joke sometimes, somewhat, you know what I mean? It has kind of like a, a, a jokey quality. Hmm. I don't, know, I don't know how to put it any other way. It just feels like sometimes the movie's like, oh, this crazy thing is happening. I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> Good, good. Well articulated. <laughs> this is a good podcast, right? Yeah, great. <laughs> and I, I, I want to see you articulate anything, buddy. Let's, uh, let me just uh, crack my <laughs> knuckles. Yeah, get articulating. So I, I agree with uh, the base of what you said, which is that uh, this is pretty boring and crappy, but, you know, Alison Brie is solid. So... I think the smear of competence over this production makes it all the more frustrating, mm. as does uh, the decent performance by Alison Brie that we both mentioned. Mm-mm. As there is an escalation of the, the signs and importance that something is going on with uh, Sarah, mm-hmm. 
I realised the film was going to go in one of two directions. Mm. One more likely than the other. Either it was going to be revealed that shock, Sarah isn't crazy and there's going to be an indie sci-fi twist. Mm. Or it's going to hedge its bets and conclude with ambiguous ending. Allowing us to entertain the possibility that maybe it's not all in her head, even if that's a remote possibility, right? Mm. And as we neared that third act, I could tell it was heading for the latter option, which was more likely, and that the film really didn't have anything to say. Yeah, that's true. It's yet another example of those uh, tiresome indie films that mistake ambiguity for quality, especially Mm. in the endings. And uh, I just found the way this film ended was just so predictable and dumb. Yeah. And cheap. And it completely undoes the, at times, sympathetic portrayal of mental illness uh, that occurs throughout this film. Um, Most of which is... The the heavy lifting for that is mostly done by Alison Brie, more so than the material. Uh, A lot of which was apparently improvised. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely got that vibe from some of the scenes. I was I was trying to watch an interview prior to the recording of this podcast to, mm. to find out what the germ of the idea for this film was, because apparently it was something personal to Alison Brie, and I was just curious. Yeah, I read an interview was. with her about that, actually. So what what was it? Video. Well, then her grandmother had schizophrenia. Ah, okay, there you go. And I think I think if that was the story... And it was just focused on that. I could see there being a more interesting film made of this, like, material. And I think the the idea of, you know, her believing that she's a clone of her grandmother and focusing on that and, and that fear could be a resonant image in another movie that wasn't like this one. Yeah. You know? if, it, if it had anything to say about mental illness and to yeah. find a way of, of resolving that satisfactorily... Yeah. Um, and tying the themes together instead of just being like, hey, it's a slightly quirky indie film. Yeah. Ah? Uh, I did like that uh, her roommate's boyfriend was a white guy rapper, though. That was funny. I agree with that, actually. I laughed at his raps. <laughs> That's the only amusing part of the movie, really. We should explain that a little bit. So, the yeah, the housemate who gets her involved with the guy from Search Party. <laughs> Just the great way we're explaining this film. Um, she has a boyfriend uh, who's the housemate of the guy from Search Party. Yeah. And uh, he's like a, yeah, a white rapper guy and he insists on playing his music at the party they've organised and, and rapping along to it. And some of the like intentionally bad raps that they put in his mouth were quite amusing. Mm. Yeah. That's it. That was the entirety of my pleasure. That was well done. Yeah, fairly, fairly amusing. So props to the props to the film for that. Props to the five minutes where he raps. Um, yep, good film. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, now that, that's our episode. Do you want to do my bonus features? Yeah, whatever. Bonus features. Christ. Superstar. Da, 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 da. What's happening? 
Oh, there's a coronavirus going on? COVID-19? No, what's, what's that? What's that? It's a type of coronavirus. Mm, and uh, what does it do? Uh, Should I be like, scared of it? or It has, it has sort of flu-like symptoms. Okay. Uh, these include body aches, fever, sore throat, shortness of breath, respiratory problems. Sometimes runny nose, sneezing, but not as common. Um, and uh, can develop into pneumonia. Mm. So that could be quite Too serious bad. that way. So anyone with uh, existing conditions or who is susceptible due to age I could uh, contract pneumonia via this condition and then die. Mm. Yeah, hopefully you don't die. That would just be too bad. Too bad. It's a shame, though. Until I was, like, fully settled into my house, I kept putting off, like, going to... All the nice music venues I'm now within walking distance of. <laughs> yeah, that's your own damn fault. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> is this pandemic my own damn fault? No, but putting things off like that is. Putting things off was reasonable in a world that didn't have a pandemic. Mm. But now we live in a world that has a pandemic, so... Mm. You should have just expected that. You should have, you know, realized that... Life is uh, extremely good. good. Temporary. Secretary. What? Temporary. Secretary. You dying again? You know that song. Is it? Uh, I don't. I don't know. It's from McCartney too. Oh yeah. That's a good that's Temporary Secretary okay. You don't you don't have to keep going. Everybody gonna dance tonight. Everybody gonna feel alright. Everybody gonna dance around. Yeah, that's a little uh, callous of you, um Everybody gonna jump and shout. Everybody let it all hang out. Everybody gonna dance around. Dude, that's tonight. a little callous of you, because no one can dance now. You can dance on your own, as Robin says. What about in the dark? Can I dance in the dark? No. 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 That's too bad. This is going to get us one of our best episodes, right? Yeah. If not the best episode. <laughs> I mean, it really, uh... You know, we started... It started uh, off poorly with Horse Girls. Uh, was the film that we decided to watch? <laughs> That was our first mistake. Yeah. I even fucking watched Shadows. Ugh. Oh, did you? did you just watch it? Yeah. Wow. Was it good? <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Keep it in the pocket for our uh, series. Yeah. What are we going to do now? No, well, we might. No, no. You don't want to do full things anymore. You just want to do fucking garbage no I wasn't completely reformatting the show for good I was just saying like, this is like a good thing to pivot to occasionally in times of uh, stress oh yeah 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 okay that's just gonna be always with you yep <laughs> I know <laughs> hmm. 
Okay. Uh, I guess I'll do my um, bonus features really quick. I'm just going to read off the titles. So it doesn't matter. Sweet. You ready? Yep. Right. I watched... Um, let's see. I watched a film called Tokyo Drifter, which you've seen. Yep. And you've seen very... it, right? Yep. You had uh, seen it before. Yeah, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast. We're probably not. But I've talked about it on the podcast. But just a very beautiful film. Just a pure pop sensation. I thought you were just going to uh, reel off the titles. No, I was lying to you. Jesus. I want you to make. I want to make you feel bad. Um, I watched Varan the Unbelievable, which is a Godzilla knockoff, which is directed by Shiro Honda. Uh, and it was pretty bad. It's just kind of like watching a version of Godzilla without anything besides just like the parts where he smashes buildings and destroys things. Sounds good. But, I mean, with like boring uninteresting, like, human characters dropped in. Damn. Oh, that sounds bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. I watched another Ashiro Honda film called Atragon which is not a kaiju film but in fact is about a uh, sort of un um What's the word? Unlike, uh, Clapable. repatriated, maybe? No, no. Um, uh, it's this this Japanese uh, um, general who like um, has been on this island developing this super submarine, uh, and he like never, you know, conceded defeat of the war. Mm. Uh, basically, this uh, team of uh, unrepentant that that works. That's not really what I'm going for. Yeah. Um, team of like random people and his commanding officer have to convince him to use his submarine's powers to save the world from uh, invasion at the hand of this sort of like quasi Atlantis type underwater civilization. Mm, sounds right. Uh, kind of pretty strange film, but uh, extremely uh, enjoyable. Um, and then I watched a, uh, another film about, uh, Japan, uh, just mindset during and around the, uh, Second World War, which is Fighting Elegy, the Seiji Suzuki film, uh, which is a extremely funny film. Uh, now I think, I honestly don't want to say too much about it, though, I, you know what, you're not going to watch it anyway, so why does it matter, but... Uh, I went into it basically blind, and there's several gags that I thought were incredibly funny to the point where I was, like, almost hoarse laughing to myself so much. Um, but it does lose a little bit of steam in the second part, so... I don't know. But it's still good. still worth a watch. Uh, after that, I watched Frankenstein Conquers the World. Um, and then I followed that up with uh, John Cassavetti's Shadows, which we were going to do on this podcast, but... Someone was too lazy to watch it. We will do it. Uh, yeah, sure we will. Um, watch it. At, we'll do it at some point. Uh, then I watched the Keanu Reeves classic, uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Hmm. Uh, which I thought was <laughs> just that was great. Though the opening cr- scroll kind of triggered me. Uh, Ari, the coronavirus, and that it's like the a pandemic has swept the, the nation. Half of all population has. <laughs> <laughs> of world population has succumbed to the, the nerve virus and I'm like uh, but um, you know I, I I think this film is enjoyable on a straight level in a way you know mm. where 
you know, it's got it's got some like decent like set design and like production design and stuff like that. I mean, Keanu Reeves is like pretty terrible, honestly, in this movie. Um, but he does talk about fucking horse, which I thought was pretty funny because you know typically his image is pretty like straight laced, you know. Hmm. Um, but there's this great scene where he's like, I just want to uh, stay in a million dollar hotel and fuck a ten hundred thousand dollar hooker. Uh, which is pretty, pretty funny. Um, but... Oh, I thought you said fucking horse. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, like, to... I'm going to stay in like a million dollar hotel and, and fuck a million dollar prize horse. <laughs> fuck a million dollar prize horse girl. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nope, uh, a whore, um, a woman of the night, as it were. A sex worker is the completely yeah. correct term. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not PC, so. Neither is Johnny Mnemonic, clearly. No, um, but it's got a very sort of enjoyable, like, vibe in that way, um, and it has just a incredible cast. Can I just read you some of the people who are in this movie? Mm-hmm. Okay, you ready for this shit? So this is a cast that brings together. Right, stars Keanu Reeves, right? Obviously. Then Dina Mayer, who's not really much of an actress. I don't know. She's been in some stuff, Starship Troopers, whatever. Then Ice T, okay. Takeshi mm-hmm. <laughs> Kitano. Really? Oh, I forgot he was in that. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Hmm. Henry Rollins <laughs> <laughs> played a doctor named Spider. Fair enough. Uh, and then Fassbender regular Barbara Sukova. Wow. And then Udio Kier. So, just an incredibly strange cast. Who directed it? Uh, some guy named Robert Longo. It's the only film he's directed, so. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's bo- he's mostly known as a like a sculptor, I think, <laughs> or a draw or a painter or something. But um. Oh, so he was sculpting in time, as Tarkovsky would have it. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um. Uh, but the, the the parts of this movie where Keanu Reeves hacks into things are so funny. <laughs> the, the computer animation that they use to represent the net is is so funny. It's so good. <laughs> like the movie, I honestly, even if you don't watch the whole film, which I understand, even if I enjoy it on like a weird aesthetic level, just if you watch like a YouTube compilation of the hacking scenes, it's I could totally so watch the whole film. Let me just see you if should, I have it. Somewhere. You should watch. Uh, I I downloaded it illegally, so. What? But you should watch Johnny Mnemonic. I I remember seeing bits of it on TV. <laughs> it's a really odd movie. It's got some incredibly gory scenes too, which you don't don't expect. The end of the movie has him uh like a a, a hacker who is a dolphin. <laughs> it's like it's like not even available to rent, stream, or anything. Well, now you have the tour, did I do. You should Morally, do that. that's my only choice. Yeah. You should watch that, and you should watch Fighting Elegy. Of the films I've watched. Johnny Mnemonic is like the good version of The Matrix, right? Uh, I'm not going to answer that, but I have I, read the William Gibson short story that it's based on, and it's basically nothing like the short story. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the only credited screenwriter, too, which I think is really funny. 
William it's Gibson. Really strange. Yeah. Wow. Did he actually work on a screenplay for this film? Yeah, I think that he's the only credited screenwriter. I don't know if that means anything, you know. But um, on so he was actually anyway, commissioned to write for this film. Well, yeah. Well, the the um, original plan for it was to be like a a really a sort of like small art film, kind of like New Rose Hotel ended yeah. up being. Um, but instead, Keanu Reeves got attached, and then he blew up, and then they made it a blockbuster, which sort of flopped. Um, God, I should rewatch New Rose Hotel. What a good film! Uh, but um, I I don't know how much I, I I really don't know like what what his writing process was, so or what his uh how much he actually wrote of it. <laughs> Well, he's had a pretty strange career. William Gibson. Yeah, because he wrote this episode of the X-Files, too. And uh, Alien 3, he wrote a draft of the screenplay. Hmm. So. It's set next year as well. 2021. Yeah, so that that was another reason I was like, feels a little too close to home, you know. It's a very prescient. Mm. Yeah, it's the only work that accurately predicted the hellscape we live in. Uh, and then I watched only one more other movie, uh, which you like to tweet that I did from it. So do you want to go ahead and tell the viewers what it is? I don't know what it is. Twin Dragons. Uh, the, yeah, the classic Jackie Chan movie, Twin Dragons. Uh, which is pretty enjoyable. I think that Troy Hark makes a cameo in it. He's a very sort of elfin appearance. Troy Hark does. I know him mainly by appearance from like interviews conducted in the post-millennium era. Mm. He kind of looks like an elf. Um, I found a quote from William Gibson who seems to suggest that the issue with the film Johnny Mnemonic was more to do with the way it was re-edited by the American distributor in the last month of its pre-release life. And apparently, somehow, it went from being a very funny, very alternative piece of work to something that had been unsuccessfully chopped and cut into something more mainstream. Is his exact quote. It is quote. very funny. I can't so... imagine... That being true with the elements that they have assembled, regardless of how yeah. you chopped it together. But anyway, I mean, there are parts of it that I think I actually kind of like work at, on 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 their own sort term. of a straight level. Yeah, but you know, mostly it's an ironic enjoyment. Because um, like, how how could you watch the sequences where like <laughs> like this like shitty you know three D like. Uh, almost Dire Straits-esque like Keanu Reeves is like being attacked by <laughs> the, the ice. It's so funny. You, you just have, you have to watch it. Uh, so watch it, please. I expect a report back. Okay. Also, you should watch Fighting Allergy. I know that you won't, but you should watch it. Okay. Uh, so I expect you to watch those two films for next week. <laughs> if you don't, I'm going to be cross.
Now it's about setting homework. Yeah, that's that's what the podcast is now. Well, I don't think I have anything else to say. Oh, friend. Oh.